0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Scoop, celebrating our 20th episode. We're into the 21 season here. And guess what, gentlemen? We got a lot of uh, of stuff to sink our teeth into. Most notably, Celtics versus Lakers. Hard-fought game. The Battle of the 17 Banners, as they called it. And guess what? The Celtics came up short by one point crucial miss bucket at the end by Kemba Walker and then a missed tip by Daniel Tice at the end of the game, but all in all great game to watch. If you're an NBA fan, I just want to get your guys' reads on it. Do you think that was a winnable game for the Celtics?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, granted it was a one point game. We only lost by one, definitely winnable, You know, I I think, you know, not specifically looking at last night's game, but in general, uh, you know, in order to beat a team like the Lakers or to contend for a title, uh, I think we still need, you know, a deeper bench. If you look at last night's game, you know, obviously Jalen Brown Tatum, I love how they've been looking this season. They look really, really strong. Um, You know, they were hanging with AD and LeBron, uh, you know, Tice had a good game. Kemba sucked. He shot one for twelve. He blew. I was kind of upset that he took that last shot, um, you know, last second. It was it was a really gross possession. I like. Do you
0: want a timeout there, Sam?
1: I th- I mean I liked the fast break look. Um, you know I saw Tatum. Tatum obviously won the ball. He it, I saw in pictures afterwards he was calling a timeout. Um, I liked the fast break look, but it was just a messy messy play to begin with. Straight from that um, Kemba pass to. Brown, i think it was Mm -hmm. um but you know we we just definitely just need a deeper bench
2: uh going into that there was only four players that scored over five points yesterday for the celtics
1: oh jalen brown tatum disgusting daniel
2: tice and robert williams
0: i mean that that is disappointing and looking at that stat line i think sam brings up a valuable point our our bench just isn't where it needs to be but would you clarify or say that the Celtics are trending upwards or downwards or, or just staying at the uh, net neutral right now, Jake?
3: Uh, I definitely say upwards because like going into this season, I think the biggest thing was just seeing the development of your two stars and you couldn't ask for more Tatum has been amazing. Brown, I think people are happier about just because it was a little more unexpected, quite how good he's been. Um, so I think I think that that was the key, because in the end, either for this season or long term, they're successful ride on those two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we got to wait on Kemba. I mean, he's definitely been pretty bad. Uh, they're what one in five in the six games since he's been back. But he's definitely uh, taken a slow, uh, slow recovery route as far as just like getting back from this injury. Tatum was out for a few of his first games back. So I think people need to not press the panic button so quick on Kemba, um, because if he can get to like, 18 to 20 points per game and like being an efficient scorer with the way the two uh, Jays have been playing, I think the Celtics can still be right there in the Eastern Conference.
0: So let me just read you something real quick from Paul Pierce. And this is not the run up to um, the start of uh, last night's game, uh, Celtics versus Lakers. He was saying that Tatum has far surpassed him in how good Paul Pierce was at that age. You know, he said that Tatum's going to be a far better player than, than him. But he was also saying that Jalen Brown now has the potential of being a better player than him. He says the, the way he can spot up and shoot, the way he's improved his dribble, the way he's improved his leadership, he says is just incredible in, in the fact that they've been off of basketball for like only th- three months, you know, a very short amount of time. And I think Paul Pierce hit the nail on the head there. The biggest improvement with Jalen Brown this season is his handle he has that ball in the string. Now you saw years mm-hmm. prior when he tried to go the hoop, you'd seem like do that really low dribble just with his right dominant hand. But now he's going in between the legs, spin moves, get into the basket, any which way he wants, which is a huge improvement on my eye.
1: Yeah. I think I, that, that's something that I noticed too. He has, he does have like an incredible handle and, you know, Tatum, Tatum too. They've, they've both improved greatly in that, uh, that aspect of the game. Um, I think, I think that they're great young stars to have. Uh, I, I, I think Tatum definitely surpassed uh, Pierce and, you know, Brown, uh, you know, definitely for for sure as hell. Uh, I think he can do it too.
3: I think, I think with Brown um, and Tatum this year, I think one thing is that like, there's plenty of guys in this league who can score, but like once you're leading a team and you command a second defender, can you A, still score or B, find the open man? I think they're both doing that like pretty well. Like, Like their assist numbers won't jump out at you, but like when you like, when, when there gets help defense to Brown, he's finding the open guy, or he's just finishing, like, over, like, a big man, like, who's playing help defense. And those are both things you haven't seen in the past. So, like, the fact that he's just becoming such a consistent guy who can score, like, 25 a night, like, that's no longer a good night from Jalen. Like, that's what you expect is, like, times yeah. more. Yeah, that's, that's just, like
0: crazy <laughs> that is a preposterous mm-hmm. thought and you can even see in his eyes a lot of times when he was uh, years prior his eyes kind of looked lost he was looking towards like maybe Isaiah Thomas or Kyrie Irving for help but now you just see like that determination or that and he's like mu- need a bucket mentality so that's a big takeaway mm-hmm. from that game um some things that jumped out at me obviously Sam delved into this a little bit earlier in that Kemba Walker was not looking anywhere where he needs to be But let me just say this. This is the first time that he was alongside Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, right? This is also the first time he was alongside Marcus Smart and Tice and that whole starting lineup that we want to push through to get into this Eastern Conference Finals or even progress anywhere in the the Eastern Conference. So with that being said, would you still want Kemba Walker as he is right now or would you rather Terry Rozier for the contract Terry Rozier has?
2: The thing about Terry Rozier, I feel like people are going to pick apart his 2017 – playoff run of how mm-hmm. like when he, people are calling him scary Terry he had his own podcast and D- Drew Bledsoe was his number one fan yes and so uh going into that Terry was there like he's he, he's an uber athletic point guard kind of sporadic he shoots a lot of unworthy shots but he he I did like him in the system he was he was a good energy guy sometimes well Kemba like it just more the upside that he has like like a few years ago he, he scored like 27 26 points per game for a lowly Charlotte Hornets team, that but he's, he's a veteran, and so that I, I gotta go straight off uh polished NBA basketball skills because Ken was just shown for he's been a good time, good guy in the league for how long has it been in the league since 2010 2011? So he, yeah. this, is, this isn't, it's, it's more just an injury fatigue thing, like obviously, the, like, and anyone that goes in the injury, they're not going to come back and 20 points a game, shooting. 10 for 10, 12 for 14. They're not going to be very efficient. So you just got to give him time. And I think that uh, pretty soon that uh, he'll make us happy.
0: Yeah. So the first part of the argument, which just take it down as a basketball player. Would you rather Terry Rozier or Kemba Walker at this point, Jake, in their in their uh, NBA lifespan?
3: I, I'd still rather Kemba just because um, I just think he's proven it more. He's, he's been a guy who can score 20 a game over the course of a full season. He's hit big shots all the way back since he was in college at UConn um and I, I just trust him i mean there is the injury concern and there is the contract um and you can't just ignore those things but they they are what they are the celtics will kind of take be careful with them in the regular season i think for sure like don't play him on too many back-to-backs keep him fresh for the playoffs and just hope that he he the good thing is he doesn't have to be their number one guy like he's their max contract player but he's not their best player and i think that will help him too Come uh, playoffs, he's not going to draw first or even second best defender. he probably mm-hmm. most teams third best defenders. And I I just trust him more than I trust Terry Rosier on a night and night basis.
0: And tip of the cap to Dennis Schroeder. I mean, talk about lockdown D for the point guard position. He was playing tremendous defense on Kevin Walker that whole night. He was picking him up at half court and he wasn't letting him out of his jersey. The whole game, he was just read right up against him. So good on him. I mean, Dennis Schroder was an excellent pickup for that Lakers team. Completely different look from the Rajon Rondo. Um, controlling the um, offense after LeBron went on the bench. Dennis Stroud is strictly an energy guy and on ball defensive threat, which is good to have when you're out in the West and you got so many elite point guards. I mean, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and the line just, just goes on forever how many good point guards you're facing on a nightly basis. So beyond that, I think there's some glaring issues with the Celtics, and that starts at the bench. Now, the Celtics do have a trade exception. Do you guys have your eyes set on anyone or any um, talent we should acquire at the deadline or nearing the deadline?
3: A guy they could buy low on um, is J.J. Redick. I know the Pelicans, I mean, who knows Like if these rumors are true, but they're looking to move him. The Celtics desperately need scoring, and if they could get a guy who could spread the floor, That would be perfect. He's actually shockingly shooting 29% from three this year. I saw Mm. like very uncharacteristic. That's Mm. just small sample size. Like, you know, that will go up like JJ Reddick's an elite shooter. I just think if they could get him cheap, he doesn't cost that much money. I don't think they'd have to give up that much and he'd fit them really well. He's a veteran and he can score and they need both of those things off the bench.
1: Yeah, I, I was actually going to say that too, Jake. Um, I was going to say JJ Redick, because given the rumors uh, going around, I think that he would be a great fit. I mean, you touched upon that he is shooting 29% this year. Uh, last year, uh, you know, he was shooting 45. So I, I don't think in you know, years prior he was high 30s, um, low 40s. So I, I don't think this he's just in a slump right now, maybe. Um, I think he would be a great addition, you know, just to spread the floor, like you said, off the ball. Um, you know, definitely need some guys that, you know, can uh, – you know, kind of sit, sit, sit in the wing, and um, you know, kick out, kick out, and just get those easy threes. And you know, to, to touch a to touch upon something, um, you know, on on the Celtics as well, um, is right now. You know, you look at the Celtics, um, you know, last night, any given game, I think our best, and you know, when we look the best, is when we're passing the ball. Something that I noticed or saw a stat recently was right now, 53% of our Celtics points are um you know are are assisted which is 29th in the nba we do a lot of isolation and you know to i think to you know have those players like jj reddick come on come on the team uh i think you know we definitely need to move the ball around and we're a really solid team when we do that and i you know it's beyond me why why we don't why brad doesn't you know do something about it granted um you know we have tatum who can you know do those isolation plays but yeah, i'd rather much get a better look pj who do you have your eye on anyone you guys
2: are talking about jj reddick i'm actually going to dive into uh someone that plays the exact same exact same position and i'm gonna go with buddy healed for years we've we've been seeing that buddy hills kind of like wanted to like distance away from the kings and mm-hmm. i mean like well it's sacramento who want to want to yeah who, who could want to like, yeah. play for that organization yeah. but uh so i mean the man's 28 he started off the league i think when he was like 24 23 he, so he, he he's an old guy but you know what he can do. He can give you consistent 19 to 20 points a game. Uh, like off the bench, he's a good shooter. He shoots, he's shooting almost 40 percent of the three point line right now. And another name that I that I because I'm on I'm on NBC's uh, sports Boston right now, and they're just showing off a ton of names. Yep. But uh, I'm I'm seeing Buddy Hield, and I'm also seeing another not another, another the sexiest name, but I'm seeing Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is is the type of stretch forward guy that coming out of Arizona, uber athletic he's a, he's a dunk contest machine but uh he's he just never really been the man in Orlando I think it's it's mainly because they have so much talent not sorry lack of talent there that yeah they're trying to just absorb until into, into one lineup that isn't really progressing but I think I think if you put like him in that like six-man role or just like the second the second guy off the bench I think he'll I think he'll do pretty good here in Boston Knowing his role, so I think that Aaron Gordon or Buddy Heald will be uh, good because I think the tree is like 28 million or something like that, or Um, 26. What would you think is either a fair trade or just what would you be willing to give up for Buddy? I would just go based off potential. Like, I mean, like we haven't seen too much from Robion Langford. I mean, I know it's young, but Aaron Neesmith is who's supposed to be the best shooter at the shooting. 20% 20 yeah. percent of from his games that he's combined right now. I think I think I think you really just gotta take it. We have too many young guys, maybe even Grant Williams. But uh, I I I just think either like one of those guys or just are just a veteran because we just have too many young guys that really don't know the role right now. And we, we just need to get over the hump yeah. of having yeah. having some bench going.
0: No, I, I think that's right. Another name I want to toss in there, and not to say we want him or want him as a Celtics player, but just to get your read on it, uh Lonzo Ball. Do you think he has any way of actually fitting into this team or no?
3: I don't, I don't think he's an amazing player, but he wouldn't be a terrible fit with the Celtics. You know, what Sam says, wanting to see the ball more, a guy who has great vision.
0: Um, he doesn't really look to score all that much. I think he could fit them well. And also just, he's got great defensive skills too, surprisingly. He's really honed in yeah. that craft. And that's something that the Celtics have been lacking on this at the beginning part of the season. And Brad Stevens has even said it himself, the team defense is just isn't where it needs to be. And a lot of that stats come from the fact that that when you're taking Marcus Smart out of the lineup, the defensive rating just plummets. And so if you got a guy like Lonzo Ball to really secure the wing position and add some more length there, and take away any minutes, and I mean any minutes away from Shemi Hozole, then I'll be happy. So that's <laughs> that's what I have to say about uh, Lonzo Ball. Shemi Hozole, he's he's a lost cause in my eyes. Like I've I've seen enough of him just being an absolute minus on offense and supposedly is a LeBron stopper. It didn't seem to be anything effective last night against LeBron. So the first thing, if anyone ever says they're a LeBron stopper, you immediately know that the person's worthless because there's no such (laughs) thing. You you know that there's no such thing as a LeBron stopper. There hasn't been anyone who's been a LeBron stopper since 2003 when he came into the league. So it's just a whole bunch of nonsense when anyone says they're a LeBron stopper, you're on a stopper because guess what? Those people are just so physically gifted that there's just no way you can stop them. You can only hope to contain them yeah. as Clark Kellogg likes to say in NBA 2K. Let's get into some more topics here as we dive deeper into the NBA. PJ, you want to get into some stuff with the NBA all-star game. The voting has opened and uh, we're looking at some preliminary players to be looking at their first ballot on an NBA all-star. Do you have some names for us there?
2: All right, boys. So I'm going to read you off of names. Some of these have been an all-star before, but not too many. So I'm just going to use some names and you guys say yes or no to, uh, If you would accept them.
0: Mm -hmm. So starting off, we got Zach Levine. That's a yes for me.
1: Yeah. For the, especially in the East, I would say, yeah, he, he definitely deserves it.
0: I mean, I I've tuned into a few bowl games here and there. And every single time I just see him putting up a bunch of buckets, I shed a tear because it's just like, it's, it's, he's a lesser version of Bradley Beal in the way that he's just, he's, he's his own prison uh, cell right now.
2: Oh yeah, I agree. I agree, totally agree. Going on to uh, the lost cause, that is uh, Goran Hayward. Would you guys accept him? (sighs) That's that's tough. That's tough. You have his uh, points per game. So he's currently averaging twenty-three points per game, five rebounds, four assists. He's shooting fifty percent from the field and forty-two from the three point line and the Charlotte Hornets are currently eighth in the East and their uh, record stands at nine and 11.
0: Yeah. So last night he shot 12 for 22. And I think he put up like 25 points or something like that. And then the other ball brother, LaMelo ball put up 28 points in a win. Was that against the Clippers or something? Like it was a marquee team there. I'd have to look it up to know who's the the Bucks. Sorry. Yeah. It was the Bucks. So, you know what? I'm going to say no to Gordon Hayward. Just, uh, just, just a no. There we go. All right. Yeah, uh, I'll,
1: I'll I'm, a, I'm aside with that.
2: Awesome. I will go on to the next one. We're going to go with the young ball himself, Colin Sexton.
1: Uh, I'm going to go no. Um I he, he is playing good. He's playing pretty solid. Um, I, I mean, he's – the the Cavaliers don't really have much at the same time. Kind of, um, you know, similar reasons to to Gordon, I think. Um I, I just – I don't think – he, there's better, there's better people to pick um, as far as guards in the East.
2: Mm-hmm. Any other opinions, a boys?
1: Of, a lot of the
3: guards that you might think of, like, are they getting voted in? Like, like has Kyrie played enough games to be yeah. voted?
0: I was, I was thinking that same thing, no. Jake. Like a lot of those guys are having some down years. So Colin Sexton could be a sneaky guy to push in there. And also oh, like, Cleveland yeah. has a pretty big fan base that would want to vote him in, especially on the national scale too, because he's had some marquee wins. Right, like Jake just Nets. mentioned against the Nets and uh, a couple other good win- wins mixed in there. And he's a guy you can kind of get behind. So that's a sneaky fringe guy. Now, PJ, what, what's his numbers if you have him in front of you? Or Colin Sexton? Yes. He is
2: currently averaging twenty-four and a half points per game, three rebounds, oh, wow. four assists, shooting fifty percent from the field, forty-four percent from the three-point line. And the Cavaliers are currently seventh in the East at nine and ten.
0: What in the heck? 10. He's shooting forty-four.
1: Forty-four. I, I wonder. I wonder off how many. Like, is he? How many threes does he shoot a game? I'm I'm curious to know that because forty-four I is don't a know that pretty right pretty solid so number. You no know, i'm,
0: I'm gonna say yeah give him the tip of the cap there those are some pretty good numbers and he's getting better numbers than gordon hayward even though he's i mean sexton considering he's a guard he should be getting more assists than what was it four or something you mentioned but yeah i mean who's yeah. he gonna to pass to but uh, <laughs> i think you know what, give it a yes give it i want to see a cleveland cavalier in the all-star why not going back into that he's shooting uh like i said 44
2: for the three but he's also shooting four threes a game so that's uh Pretty, pretty efficient. I mean, that's, if you will. that's pretty uh,
1: decent. I mean, I awesome say, yeah, I would, I would say so. Right. Yeah.
2: Kicking it off to the West. It's unfortunate because I he just sustained a uh, a hairline fracture today. But C. G. McCollum, uh, would you guys, uh, would you guys uh, put him into the All Star, even though he might he's gonna be out for at least a month?
3: I, just on a matter of he's, I don't think he's gonna play enough games. Like mm-hmm. where where he the, the night he got hurt, where he was at for sure, but I don't think he's gonna play. I think he's gonna be out like for close till when the all-star game comes so i don't think he'll have had enough games under his belt i didn't even i didn't even know yeah. he
1: got injured well, what was his
2: injury yeah i think really? he, it's like a uh i'm looking at a. sorry hold on foot. You I'm say looking hairline?
0: at her right now and it's like hairline yeah. fractures and like it's a small fracture like well, really thin and
3: they said they'll evaluate him in a month but a broken foot sounds a lot more than a month and you know he's yes.
0: been, he's been dealing with an uh like a hurt mm. foot or like a uh, like um just like a bruised foot or something the team described for some time now. And so I think it was a matter of time until like the levy break done that. So I, I think he's a no, but I, I like CJ McCollum so much that I would just, the league's better when he's healthy because he's just so electric offensively off the dribble. He's the number one, um, three point percentage off the dribble. Actually, no, he's number two. LeBron's number one, which is scary.
1: Yeah. I feel bad too. Cause he was, he was awesome to watch in the bubble.
0: Yeah.
2: He mm-hmm. was, he was, was fantastic. So I think the uh, players are definitely going to have a, uh, a hard time now because they were kind of struggling towards the end, but now it's going to go pretty dope now. Mm-hmm. All right, going on to the next guy. The third highest paid player in NBA history, Rudy Gobert. Would you guys take him in?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's having a great year, actually. Yeah, look I, at I would, it. He's, I would, he's been lights I out.
1: Would, I would take him. Did you see the other night, um, I can't remember what team who uh, what team they played, but he got like 30 points, 20 rebounds. Uh, I'm sure a few assists. I I can't recall what team they played. Uh, Shaq type numbers. Yeah. 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 I know. It's like that's a figurative uh, middle finger to Shaq that uh, that came right there. I
0: feel like he could put up those numbers against the Celtics because we got like uh, Tristan Thompson trying to box him out.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: All righty. Uh, I'll do one more to
2: make it an even six. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, on the dark side here. Going to the Philadelphia 76ers, Tobias Harris. What did you guys say, him
3: Uh
2: stats. Because I know he's been having a good year, but Yeah. He's averaging twenty points, seven boards, three assists, fifty-one percent from the field, forty-seven from three. And I think th- I think they're first in the uh in the East for now. Yeah. They are. Yeah, uh-huh. they are.
0: You know, no, I don't see him going in there. I don't see the tide behind him. I don't yeah. see that, that like, the Tobias Harris narrative changing that fast. You know, like, a lot of players, like, they just have mm-hmm. this tide behind them that kind of pushes them into the all-star game. And that could very well happen if someone else had that type of stat line and, and, a, and maybe a more passionate fan base. Or not, not to say Philly isn't, but I just think everyone just sees it as the Joel Embiid show. So, sorry, but no to Tobias.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm gonna to have to say the same thing to that one. Not to mention, let alone on the Celtics. I'd I'd stat-wise and just as 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 a player, I th- I would take Tatum and Brown over over Tobias for All-Star. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And this concludes. us the
1: other people. Of the NBA All-Star edition.
0: <laughs> Great segment there, PJ. Can Killed we just <laughs> <laughs> you got kudos from Sam there? What's just to switch into gears here and look at the Brooklyn Nets. I want to drop a few stats on you here. Uh, here. They, they they're a few days old, but nevertheless, they are interesting. So Harden's first six games with the Nets, he averages uh, 23 points and 11 assists. Irving has averaged 30 points a game since Harding has joined, and KD has averaged 27 points per game since Harding has joined. The Nets have given up over 121 points per game on average, I should say, since Harding has joined. But what's even scarier... The fourth quarter scoring average for the Brooklyn Nets is the highest in NBA history. They're set to have 137 points per game with their fourth quarter average, and that outscores the second by 10 points. So what I'm saying is that this Brooklyn Nets team has an unlimited amount of closers on there. And if you watch some of their games, the scariest thing is that they're averaging 62% from the field in the fourth quarter. So, when everyone's tuning it up, no, that comes to no surprise. Yeah, you know, when everyone's tuning up defensively, James Harding just goes between his legs five million times and sinks a three in his face. Kyrie does a dribble move to the basket, and Kevin Durant <laughs> shoots over you because you're a midget. So, that's just what you're going up against against the Brooklyn Nets. When those guys, when those three guys are out there, and you thought the Celtics isolation ball was a bit suspect in their percentages, no, the Brooklyn Nets is even worse when it comes to that. So, I, I have to say that the Brooklyn Nets are just looking like an absolutely scary machine when everyone's head is right. So I don't know how long that can last. And I know we've dived into that in other podcasts, if we actually do think this is sustainable. But Sam has been uh, steadfast in his in his belief that they're going to be the finals favorite. And that was even before they got hard And, and let me tell you, people are going to be hopping onto that wagon even more so when seeing some of these offensive outputs that they've been doing.
1: Yeah, not not to mention. Uh, I you know we've touched upon it before, but KD is his numbers right now. Um, you know, if you look at the season, not just since when Harden's arrived, but he's looking close to what he was looking like stat-wise in his MVP 13-14 season. Um, you know, that season he was averaging 32 points. Uh, you know, seven um, seven or so rebounds, five assists, and he's like 30 points right now for the for the season. And you know, similar. Uh, stats to rebounds and assists, and um, you know, they're they're just awesome to to watch. They're they're you know, like I said, they're gonna be they're going all the way.
3: Mm-hmm. You you're talking about uh, hopping on the train. I, I'm I'm getting really close to uh, hopping on the the next train. Um,
0: you're you're looking at the ticket prices. You're you're yeah, seeing if I'm it... scouting them out. I still
3: <laughs> bought my ticket, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I mean, Kate Katie's having the best recovery from an Achilles ever. Like yeah, he, he's like seven foot. Like, how is he doing yeah, this? He's not just like 80 to 90% of what he is. He's matching his MVP season, which was like one of the best ever offensively. Mm-hmm. And then Harden who can score almost as well and pass. And then Kyrie, who's just like a, he's a closer. He's just a killer in the fourth quarter. Like it's scary. It's just a matter of like, do they want to, well, the only way they'll win is a shootout, but like, is that a way to consistently win the playoffs? Uh-huh. I don't know mean.
0: Yeah. Well, The thing is, like, if those guys want to play defense, they could. You know, like Kevin Durant, when he's motivated defensively, he's incredible. So Mm -hmm. the thing that really surprises me is that and when you think about it, their three best players are all damaged goods. You know, you got Kevin Durant, as Jake just said, coming off a torn Achilles, which is usually a death sentence for an athlete, but he's making miraculous comeback and citing MVP type numbers. You got Kyrie Irving, who is an absolute head case. and you got James Harding, who's carrying 25 more pounds than he needs to. <laughs> so I don't, I don't get this. You know, it's like it, it just all comes down to skill. These. Three players, anywhere you cut it, are some of the three most skilled players that have come through the NBA in the past 25 years, if not in NBA history, prospectively at their positions. It's just unbelievable. You see a guy seven foot with a handle such as Kevin Durant and the shooting ability is Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving has the ball on a string and James Harden is one of the best shooters off the dribble and on the catch you've ever seen. It's incredible.
2: It's been a name that's been thrown around uh, so far throughout the season and uh there's reports that Andre Drummond wants to get bought out by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and his number one team I heard that. Uh, is, is the Brooklyn Nuts. Do you guys think that's a minus for them, or do you guys think that's going to add to their team?
1: Because he's slow. I mean, he's just, you know, he's he's slow. He's just, like, a big.
2: Yeah. I mean, he could
3: – if he if he fits a very, like, a, like specific role and maybe even sometimes comes off the bench, okay. DeAndre Jordan also looks mega slow. Like, they literally don't have an interior defense. So, like, Drummond wouldn't really be much of a downgrade there. Jordan switched cheese at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he'd have to I, – I just – I don't know. I mean, all like, Harden and Kyrie want to operate in the lane, and that's kind of hard when you get Drummond bogging down the paint.
0: I mean, if I think you think of – uh, Even if it's on the, on the smallest of scales, if you think about, like, the Nets are eyeing the Lakers being in the finals, you know, like, you might as well grab another big body because if you look at the Lakers, they have size down there. And if you can switch in multiple people to, like, cover the paint against – Anthony Davis, you know, I mean, if anything, he's yeah. just another big body. So there's
2: that. All right, I think when you go into that, uh, one, t- one, one, like name you could like draw comparison to, I think that they can do for his role. I think it, like in 2008, the Celtics had Kendrick Perkins starting at center. I think if like he, if he kind of takes in like, like the rim runner role and just getting boards and just kicking kicking out of people and getting like six to eight points a game, even mm-hmm. though I don't, I, his contract is not worth that min- 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 minimal, uh uh, play at all but I think that he can still like solidify it just a, I just feel like he's gonna clog the paint that's my one number one concern mm. but I and I, he, he's a body and like he's having like he's one of the best rebounders we've ever seen he I, I think a few <laughs> years ago he got like 17 boards a game yeah so he's
0: I mean it's can still we still just good. tip the cap kendrick perkins and the great uh, nba analyst he has become on over at nbc sports boston he is nothing but a bucket of laughs every single time he comes in there with abby chin it's absolutely hilarious just seeing him calling the game from the casket you know he's got like the the perforated background i don't know what type of chair he's sitting in but it looks like he's <laughs> looks like he's ready for the wake like an open casket wake but um his takes are not dead at all they're very lively takes at that and it's it's hilarious seeing him just like talk over scale because his zoom is on such a terrible lag it's just uh, (laughs) it's just every single time he goes on his scale it's like well that was a great pass by tatum but i really want to see you know what scale i like that pass from tatum (laughs) and so it's just hilarious whenever he adds anything in like that and and he has nothing bad to say about the Celtics it's literally glowing reviews every single time you could see Shemi augellet brick of three wide right. And he'd be like, that's a shot I wanna see him take more often. He's the type of guy that can spot up and get you a bucket when you need it. It's like, no, he's not that type of guy. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what you're watching. But guess what? The green teamers are falling in love with you and you're chasing that contract, and I gotta salute you for that. Yeah, I
3: don't I don't know. Kendrick's not the most polished, uh most polished uh color analyst we've ever seen. Um, so I guess in, in short, <laughs>
0: NBC Sports Boston is trying to do um Trying to take over the Tommy Heinsohn position with with multiple people thrown in there with the Scal and Kendrick Perkins uh, tandem to kind of really influx the Green Team mantra, but you can't replace Tommy Heinsohn any way you cut it. Is Dude, Kyle Draper yeah. not there anymore? They need, they, the need uh, they need they need Big
1: Baby on that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Big Baby's hilarious too, but uh, no, the, <laughs> Kyle Draper he's uh, he's over doing pregame for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, he was one of the. Oh, so uh, he
2: moved.
3: Biggest free agent pickups of the offseason was out uh, of the key <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. grapes. <laughs> Good uh, he's a gleaming product of awaken 180 weight loss. He's he's done his hard work, him, Dale Arnold, Scott Zolak, the list goes on. So <laughs> they've done well. All right, thus concludes this episode of the hoop scoop. It was a great installment, gentlemen. Hope to see you uh, next time. We can get into some more Celtic stuff and anything uh, involved at the NBA. Talk to you then.